Hi, I'm Simon Hubner, and this is Inside Asperger's, the show that could have very easily been called I'm Trying to Learn, a show that's going to highlight how important it is to be a team player. And this episode is going to put two folks joining forces as they talk about their own specific learning disabilities and how we can play off of each other, and also making a living for themselves in the field that frankly didn't expect a whole lot out of us. My guest today is dyslexia practitioner and comedian and showrunner of comedy shows all over Atlanta, Haley Montgomery. Thanks for offering to be interviewed. I'm glad you're bringing the excitement. I really am. <laughs> yes, it's cutting out just a little bit, but that was the most wonderful intro. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. I always do try to mix it up a little, a lot, probably more than most, but I'm, I'm glad it hit this time. <laughs> was perfect. Great. And I was wondering if any other comics that we know of ever reach out to you and say, hey, good job with the dyslexia jokes. They're also dyslexic and they probably don't talk about it as much. Yeah, I have talked to some comics that are dyslexic or think they might be dyslexic that don't talk about it. Um, but I mostly have people at shows that have like come to shows or watched videos online that have reached out to me and talked to me about their experience with dyslexia. So it's really cool. Wonderful. I mean, I hear stories like that from you about or our good friend Aaron Chastine, who's also been on the show, talking about how he speaks. And I think that's, I would say that is the greatest payoff towards owning up to, hey, I've got this issue, obstacle, yeah. whichever way around it, that maybe somebody else hears us in the audience and think, all right, there's going to be hope for my kid or oh, niece absolutely. or nephew. Or even just by recording, I think my goal was there's going to be a very high chance in my family there's going to be a little kid who's a lot like me. There's not a whole lot of information that's going to help that I know of that's out there. So maybe Uncle Simon's got to tell you, hey, you're going to be okay. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Thanks. I think being open and transparent about who you are as a person is one of the most powerful things you can do. And I know from personal experience that me stepping out and talking about being dyslexic and making people aware of what dyslexia is uh, has been huge. And I've had people watch my stand-up and then reach out to me and they have me tutoring their kids and their kids want to be comedians when they grow up. And honestly, it's the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. I have I have a couple students right now, and that's their experience. And when they show up, they'll, you know, have jokes written. Wonderful. <laughs> and we'll start out a session where they want to tell me their jokes, and that's so much fun. Hey, what's the best joke you've heard from a from one of the youngins? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I gotta know. They can be funny. Some of the stuff is real life too. Like, I'll have them play a song or something. They'll ask me to play a song for them while we're tutoring. And we do highlighting and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll put a song on for them <laughs> at their request. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> one time a girl was like, oh, her song finished. And the next song came on and she was like, ew, is this 
from your playlist. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, this was generated from your previous song. Oh, wow. And it was so funny. And then she made jokes about it the whole rest of the time where she was just like, I thought you had trash music taste, but the truth is my generation has trash music taste. It was fairly funny. That, that is. <laughs> that's Spotify algorithm. It'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. Let's backtrack for a little bit. How old were you when you first found out what dyslexia? Even when I've read up on it, I could tell there were some misconceptions or some expert advice that just was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. <laughs> okay, so I think what we need to specify is if you saw a block of text like a paragraph, or a column in a book. How is that going to appear to your eyes? So I found out that I was dyslexic when I was six years old, mm -hmm. which I was very fortunate for early intervention. Nowadays, I've trained my brain to think reading from left to right, and it's still exhausting for me because dyslexic people, we have very high IQs. We are, you know, very articulate, very capable. Again, it's just a different way of seeing the world. It's a different thinking pattern. Mm -hmm. And so we break down, we see big pictures and we mm -hmm. have a hard time breaking down things yeah. like words into syllables and then individually looking at consonants versus vowels and knowing the differences. So that's what I do all day long with my students. It's just teaching them and training their brain to break things down and to put things together, syllables into words, words into sentences, sentences into paragraphs, paragraphs into stories. So it's all about breaking it down. But dyslexic people are such big picture thinkers. Mm -hmm. You know, we can we can look into a problem and see, oh, I know what your big issue is. We can fix this and this and this in order to help rectify the entire situation. So we're great in so many areas, but in school it's so hard because everything comes down to memorization yep. and can you memorize something, can you yep. spit it back out, and also breaking things down like words and letters and numbers and things like that. Right. English is a very confusing language, I think you'll agree. Yes. And as opposed to something like Italian that pronounces every single vowel so you know what you're getting, Spanish, there's every single letter has the exact same sound, you know what you're getting. English, for all 26 letters, is going to have something like 40-some sounds. Oh yeah, they have sub-sounds, yep. Right, so you could look at a word, it's unfamiliar, and it's just, there really is going to be a disconnect between what I see and this thing I may have heard. Yes, that was your question. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, bringing it back. All right, so in my mind, Again, I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was six, so early intervention is the best way to, you know, go about it. Um, I encourage everyone to get tested early, early on, as right. early as possible. Yes. But for dyslexic minds, we have a hard time 
seeing a word and breaking it down into mm -hmm. syllables, into consonants and vowels. And like you were saying, there are so many different sounds in the English language, like double vowels. There are 15 of them that we have to memorize. And then there are sub sounds and we attach those sounds with a code word because dyslexic people often think in pictures as opposed to thinking in words. Mm -hmm. So when I say we're big picture thinkers, we're literally picturing things with pictures as opposed to with words, which is very interesting. I once dated a guy who he was like, you don't think in words, like you don't spell it out in your mind basically. And I was like, no, I picture everything. And if I don't have context for a word, like if I don't have the vocabulary and the understanding of what a word is and I can't picture it, of course I can't really read it as well. So that's why we go through intense training in order to train our brain to break down words into syllables and consonants to vowels so that we were able to identify things but and my students dyslexic people have the highest iqs mm -hmm. my iq is higher than my brothers but that went to georgia tech and went to uga and you know they're so brilliant but our school system fails us so hard because everything is based off of memorization mm -hmm. can you memorize something yes. and spit it back out and are you able to read something without you know any help are you able to basically do you have a, a large vocabulary? And a lot yes. of it comes down to testing, right. which if you don't test well, you're not going to do well in school. So are you me? Am I you? Yeah. I mean, the testing, I would always overthink. Oh, absolutely. So, I think through everything right. in a matter of seconds. Right. Like, and I, I think um, so far into things. You must have an outstanding 3D sort of spatial sense, looking at objects in space or how things fit. Yeah. We're known for being great with puzzles, and I don't mean physical puzzles because I'm trash at those, but we're great at seeing patterns, uh -huh. seeing big pictures. I feel like in college, when I was there, there were issues within our teams that needed to be resolved, and I remember this other dyslexic girl and I were so quick to, oh, I know what we could do. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. We're so quick to read into the situation as well and see different avenues we could take. And other people were like, oh, we did not even think of that. And I'm like, oh, it's funny that the two dyslexic people are so quick to problem solve. And that is the most positive thing I've heard about college group activities for classes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the biggest misconception that I saw that I could find is it was a type of academic sort of paper that made it sound like they made it sound like if you look at an eye chart with one eye or with the other one it would elect to confuse confusion and I'm like wait a minute that's not it at all <laughs> if that were true a dyslexic person would not be able to pass an eye exam and that's clearly not the case yes like i have parents telling me that their kids are going through eye therapy and that they need glasses and they have trouble seeing but actually it's mirror imaging is a, a sign of dyslexia where you write letters you write b's as d's or p's as q's you flip-flop letters and numbers it's familiar and that's very common but it really again goes back to the thinking patterns in your brain and being able to identify letters if you don't have a an idea of what the letter sounds like, of course you don't. Some of my students come to me as middle schoolers, mm -hmm. high schoolers, 
because they have great coping mechanisms and they have such a high IQ that they were able to memorize and identify so many words in the English language that no one ever saw that they had a problem. But then when it came to nonsense words or they got in chemistry and they weren't able to kind of guess or fudge a word, that's when people really started acknowledging, oh, you might have a learning difficulty because usually you would know what a P sounds like, but they've lived 18 years of their life where they didn't have to because they just memorized the full word. So it really comes down to the thinking patterns in your brain and how you process information, also your retention. If you have a retrieval inability, which I do, I have a very hard time memorizing. Mm -hmm. So that makes comedy hilarious to me because it's so humbling. I'm constantly forgetting things. Don't feel bad because I've had rule of three jokes that have turned into rule of two jokes. I keep forgetting stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like you take time to write them and then you're like, I have to memorize this verbatim in order for it to hit the same way or something along those lines. And at the same time, it's just very humbling, <laughs> you know. Oh, that does get frustrating, yes. Trying to memorize, honestly... Hosting for me is very humbling and I want to talk openly about it because I talked with another comic who is dyslexic and she was saying the exact same thing. She was like, I'm having the hardest time not only figuring out exactly how to say the names correctly, but also how to memorize them right before I go on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of the learning curve as well is just being kind to yourself and allowing yourself to mess up and not beating yourself up over it because we do read into things because yeah. we are... We're great at, well, at seeing what's going on yeah. and reading people's moods sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that goes into having a high EQ. You, you kind of can feel what other people are thinking. Yeah, we just try to anticipate as best we can. And the way you say it, it sounds like there's a lot of folks who could slip underneath the cracks. A stat that I came across said that in terms of people who are counted, mm -hmm. there are twice as many dyslexic folks as there are autistic folks. I'm not surprised as much just because... I know a lot of dyslexic people go undiagnosed. Really? Why do you think that is? I think because they have such great coping mechanisms and because they have high IQs and they're very articulate, mm -hmm. it's harder to tell. It's easier to tell if a child has retrieval issues like I do because I could not test to save my life. And you could tell me something right now and I might forget it if I don't write it down or do something to map my brain in order to remember it. Right. And I think that dyslexic people were not considered on the spectrum. No, you're and not. Totally different. I think that we're harder to identify because a lot of us will refuse to say anything is wrong with us because we don't want to seem unintelligent. Well, pride also um, might play a part of it. Oh, yeah. In the school system... If you test okay and, you know, you have a great retrieval, great memory, then you don't worry about it as much and you don't want people to acknowledge that you're different. Mm -hmm. You would almost rather seem, I'd rather seem lazy than stupid, you know? Well, yeah. This is just how a lot of dyslexic people think mm -hmm. because I know that personally I was I was afraid to tell people I was dyslexic mm -hmm. when I started my own business because I didn't want to be discredited and mm -hmm. I didn't want people to question my intelligence, my ability to teach dyslexic kids. And my title is a reading and writing specialist, which is hilarious because those are two things that 
I'm not great at, but I'm great at teaching dyslexic kids about how to not just survive, but to really thrive in an environment that puts that on a pedestal. Wonderful. And the program that you use, it's it's the Wilson Language Program. It's based on the Orton Gillingham program. That's the big Yeah. That's Correct. the big one yeah, for <laughs> helping dyslexic folks, right? If you could explain a little bit about how that works. Sure. So it's a 12-book curriculum. It starts, uh, it builds off of itself, and it basically teaches the rules of the English language, starting with vowels versus consonants. So every student that I start with, I help them identify letters and their different sounds using keywords. So, for example, the book one just does one syllable word with short vowel sounds and closed vowels. So mm -hmm. the words cat, mat, sat, all of those words, they're short, a one syllable, they have a closed in vowel and it makes a short vowel sound. So short vowels are a, e, i, a, a, and then their long vowel sounds are a, e, i, o, u. And mm -hmm. then identifying all of the different consonants and knowing the rules like C or a G in front of an E, I, or Y makes a different sound. And then it builds off of that and we go into multi-syllable words with closed vowel sounds, short vowels. And then eventually you get to vowel consonant E's and open vowels. And then you get to double vowels. And then you get to R controls and consonant L's. And there's so many rules associated with it. Like diagraphs are two consonants that come together to make one new sound. And I basically teach kids what welds are, floss rules. There are a bunch of exceptions like old oast, ild, eind. Welds are am, and all, and anything that ends in the ng or nk. Ing, ang, unk, unk, ink, ink, any of those guys. And then got floss rules, which um, if a one-syllable word ends in an FLRS, we double it. That's a floss rule. So it's really teaching the reading and spelling rules from the basics, and it's breaking it down for our students, which once you teach them a concept, it's all about mastery. So it's about mastering that every time they see a closed vowel, they know it's going to make a short sound. Good. And then once they master that then we move on to the next book good enough. and this curriculum is amazing it was originally designed for inmate mm -hmm. to learn to read and another um, group of people who are often undiagnosed with uh, various learning disabilities oh yeah absolutely so many people they say almost 70 percent of people that are in jail are dyslexic really and i see that and i see why that is because imagine having such a high iq and eq and then having the school system write you off as stupid oh i've um yeah for I... the first 18 years of your life just about and yeah. you're like i'm so intelligent I'm, and i went through this myself i was put in special needs classes and i was with students who were not able to use the restroom themselves or feed themselves and could not communicate with me and I just remember thinking why am I in this class mm -hmm. what have I done wrong other kids are so cruel at that age too they're just like yeah. you're stupid you're in the stupid classes and it becomes your identity for a minute but then you're like excuse me we're so intelligent we have so much to offer the world we have, yes we're capable of doing so much that you just you learn from that and some of the kids who their parents weren't able to figure out what was going on and testing didn't show and maybe 
they weren't aware of their disability. They just were in that classroom. I'm like, of course they acted out. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, they grew up a bit rebellious and things like that and get into trouble with the law. I see how it could happen easily. It could have easily happened to me. Right. I so think I'm very fortunate. Always that look at the family dynamic. That's a big deal here. Absolutely. A network of people who are committed to making sure that you succeed and not just succeed, but that you personally have confidence. A lot of my students, when they first come to me, they have no confidence because the world has shown them really no kindness when it comes yep. to school. Right. In school, the kids that are the most well-behaved and they don't have any problems with doing the schoolwork and they can work independently and they're quiet, they get high praise. Whereas yep. any child who can't figure out how to work independently and needs a lot of additional help teachers tend to treat them really poorly yep. they have no patience for them they treat them like troublemakers and an inconvenience and then they become that and i've seen that working in schools in the past and i think that it's so important to when i talk to my students i let them know that i'm dyslexic too mm -hmm. and i always have to have a conversation with them in the very beginning because They'll say stuff like, oh, I'm stupid. And I just tell them, hey, don't you dare talk about us like that. Yeah. Don't talk about us like that because we're not stupid. We're right. very smart. And you and I both know that. Right. And school doesn't let you make mistakes. Once you get out of high school there, most times if, when you're making a living for yourself, you get to learn from your missteps at least. Yes. I believe that. I was going to say, okay, so it sounds like you come from a very big family. And when you have a lot of people talking all around you, do you think that helped with establishing familiarity, maybe not for reading, but being able to, do you think that helped you become more articulate hearing other people talk at home? Sure, absolutely. I grew up with three brothers and I not only was articulate, but I used my words mm -hmm. to show my intelligence at mm -hmm. a young age. I used to be not mean, but I would say things in a really snappy way just to show my intelligence because it was yeah. really all I had. This is like in elementary school right. when before they really knew what was going on with me. But I remember being in the third grade and my teachers were treating me like I was stupid. Mm -hmm. And so I remember thinking about what they would say. They would tell me, you know, we're not going to call on you because you never know and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Just pretty cruel. And so I would remember small details about their lives and be like, oh, yeah, Miss Smith, I bet that's why your boyfriend thinks that of you. Like, wow. snappy, rude, <laughs> but at the same time, I was just a little kid, you know, elementary <laughs> school, trying to prove my intelligence to someone who clearly thought I was stupid. And kids say the darnest and, things. And I, I'll never forget that because that was a big learning curve. And then I learned the importance of words, of course, yes. in middle school and high yeah. school. And, and so on and how important it is just to be kind and to be patient with people because that's ultimately what I would want yes. and what I feel I deserve and other people deserve but yeah I mean having a family and that being your main skill it really made me think about what I was saying and I think dyslexic people are very articulate all of yes. my students it's coming out in this episode yes <laughs> well, honestly, at the end of the day, like when I talk with my students, they're so creative and they're just brilliant minds. Like mm -hmm. I have one student who every time she comes in, she asks me a different question. And just the other day she was like, Miss Haley, what is your favorite constellation? And I had <laughs> to think about it. 
Yeah. And then she and I just had a conversation about space and how she would like to go to space and what her favorite planet is and all these things. And I was like, she's such an intelligent kid. She like, might make it so up to space. Brilliant. She might uh, at this rate. She might make it up to space. Yes, she might. She's a licensed scuba diver. She rides horses. She's incredibly talented in so many ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and her sister—they're just brilliant kids. And cool. sometimes when I have kids come in for the first time, they'll barter with me. They're—they're they're so savvy. It's smart. I'll be like, you can get a piece of candy. And they're like, if I don't get a piece of candy right now, can I have two pieces of candy later? I'm like, you can have two pieces of candy now. They're like, okay, if I have two now. <laughs> they're just constantly thinking up creative ways to <laughs> get around doing schoolwork too. <laughs> yeah, good. It's, a, it's yes. work and they're so smart. They're like, I'm not made for school. Let's just get to the fun part of life. Right. I think I that's think anybody. I think that's, that's anybody. You know, true. to try to get out of it. Two more questions. Okay, when you were younger, I can say from my experience, people seem to look for a stereotype. I mean, if I was going to look up grown-ups that I could look up to, mm -hmm. all I would have had was, well, I think this person might be a little bit odd. They've got their quirks. Mm. But the advice was for Aspergers: read this little book about us, be a savant, and I, it was always so so unsatisfying. Mm. So what I'm curious to know is, I would have never heard anything about responsible adults handling their day-to-day -day business and learning to listen to others, let them talk. There was nothing. Yeah, wow. When you were growing up and you're going through all this, mm -hmm. if you were to look up, other folks say, hey, I've got dyslexia, but I didn't let that stop me. Did you have that? You know, I didn't know of any other dyslexic people growing up, mm -hmm. mostly because I didn't want to read about them. <laughs> okay, yeah, reading would be a pain in the butt, but wouldn't I it? I found out so early, and I went to a school for dyslexic people when mm -hmm. I was in fourth grade. Would that happen to be the, the skank school? No, actually it was called Pathways, but I work okay. with the skank school. I know all about it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I went to St. Francis as well, which is mm -hmm. also a school that has many kids with learning difficulties mm -hmm. and is great for them. But I went to this school called Pathways, and I'll never forget the principal there. Her name's James Kybers. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a school, but she still tutors. She's uh -huh. a phenomenal tutor. She taught me to read with the Wilson program, actually. Wonderful. And she is not dyslexic, but her son is. Mm -hmm. And he's like a doctor or a lawyer, and he's brilliant. And I just remember she saw something in me, and she really called it out in me. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, was more important. And I, I'll never forget when I found out Albert Einstein and, mm -hmm. like, Thomas Edison mm -hmm. and Mozart. And so many people are known for being dyslexic. And I remember thinking, of course, they're a genius in their own right. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all have that. I think you have yes. that. I think Thank you. I have that. I believe all my students have that. Good. Just so much to offer the world because we do see things differently and we do think through things differently. And... I think that instead of that being a disadvantage, I think it's actually a huge advantage for us. Right. And if I'm looking to hire somebody, I absolutely want somebody with a learning disability because I know yeah. that person absolutely had to grind. I know they did. Oh, yeah. Our work ethic is 10 times harder than anyone else's, right. I believe. We've had to work 10 times harder just to be on level. Yes. And other people, it came so easy for them. Well, I mean, I did summer school every year. I had tutors every day mm -hmm. uh, just to be on level. Wow. And at the end of the day, my work ethic really and truly 
I work ten times harder when I'm alone. Good. Like I hustle alone. You know? And I believe you do too. Well, I heard you setting up the sound for this. I'm like, yeah, you're hustling. And it took, honestly, it yeah, is, I would rather that. <laughs> for thank you for being very patient, Haley. It has yeah. it actually took about an hour to set up the sound so that the audio software could hear both our voices. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, and you have been working independently. And, yes, I ran my own business. Right, mm -hmm. and how many years have you been in business for yourself? I think it's been four years now. Uh -huh. I started, I was a flight attendant when I was in school mm -hmm. to become a dyslexia practitioner, and I had a practicum student while I was still flying. Oh, wow. And then when I graduated and got my certification everything, yeah, I think that was four years ago. And then we had an office off Johnson's Ferry in, in Marietta. Mm -hmm. And my mom, she's been doing this for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. Being an advocate? No, she's a dyslexia practitioner as well. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. All so the actually, yeah, it was great. I quit. <laughs> I actually was furloughed as a flight attendant. And uh -huh. then I started doing this full time. So when they asked me to come back, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> good. I'm running my own business now. Good. <laughs> great. So it's been really cool. It's honestly the best job I've ever had. Wonderful. Sounds rewarding. But how did the pandemic, when everything went remote, how has that affected your interactions with your students? I assume you're back to meeting more in person now because it's been about a year and a half and kids starting to get oh. vaccinated now. But how was your practice affected in the, at the start of COVID? So we did have an office in Marietta, uh -huh. right off of Johnson's Ferry that I was tutoring students at, which was great because it was right by a bunch of schools that I have a bunch of kids at. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, we went virtual and we were just spending money on that space. Mm -hmm. Once the year was up, I got out of my lease and just kind of closed down the office. So I tutor some kids. I partner with schools. So some kids I have at schools, some kids I'll do at my house or in Woodstock, we also have a space, but I do a lot virtual and it works really well because the curriculum, I have workbooks and I can give them workbooks and then we can work together virtually. I'm like, okay, turn to page 12. All right, go to the second column. Let's read it. It works really easy for me. So things really picked up during the pandemic because parents did not know what to do <laughs> and yeah. so many kids fell through the cracks because mm -hmm. of virtual it's really hard to be a teacher and to teach virtually yep. with even 15 kids let alone how many they have in public schools yep. but so many kids fell through the cracks so tutoring was almost more beneficial then mm -hmm. so one-on-one -on -one attention parents were opting out of doing school some of them and just tutoring with me four or five times a week sometimes oh, good. so wow yeah, it was a catch-up year for a lot of dyslexic people, which mm -hmm. is good. Okay, yeah. Hopefully you're able to tailor what you're tutoring to the kids' interests. I That seems to really reach folks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I hope that if people are empowered and dyslexic people aren't ashamed mm -hmm. to say that they're dyslexic good. and to admit some of the silly things that come up and mm -hmm. still know that like they have so much to offer and <laughs> they're just brilliant. Yes, it does take a strong person to admit a flaw. I do have one final question. Amid all these struggles with reading, I do want to know, do you have a favorite book? Yeah, <laughs> I love the Harry Potter book. Good choice. I listen to Jim Dale read. I go to sleep to it sometimes. Who's Jim Dale it's read? just like nostalgic and I love it. But I also love Memoirs of a Geisha. All right. 
that's one of my favorite books. My great great grandmother is Japanese and oh, really? yeah, it's like a lot of the culture. Uh-huh. And my grandmother was brought up in that kind of culture as well. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting hearing about what it was like. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story and it's a love story too. So nice. <laughs> really fun yeah what's your favorite book that's a good one there's two books by james missioner i especially liked one was called the source mm. the other one was about kent state that one was nonfiction. okay okay very cool thanks i'm probably gonna have to think of a few favorite ones later while i'm editing oh yeah I, right throw them in there <laughs> right let's see i'm trying to oh that's really cool i like friday night lights the book i like the movie the book uh-huh. was better i like them better than the tv show okay um Let's see. I haven't read them. Well, I think the th- cool thing about a book, as opposed to a movie, is there's a lot that goes unsaid in a movie. It's got to be presented a certain way for an audience. A book doesn't oh, okay. necessarily have to worry about that. I did read The Godfather a long time ago, and that stuck with me. The Godfather? That's yeah. a goodie. The book one. Yeah, well, I think once you know one mafia story, you know them all. <laughs> right. I bet that's true. <laughs> I know I said that was going to be the last question, but this did remind me. Yeah. When you've seen port, when you've seen dyslexia portrayed on shows, what have they gotten right? What have they gotten wrong? Oh, like in movies and stuff. Yes. You know what? I've actually never seen a movie or anything about a dyslexic person. Okay. I'm actually writing a sitcom okay. about a dyslexic flight attendant. All right. I think it would be hilarious. Cool. I think <laughs> it's you would really know. Really funny. You would know. I think. Yeah, you would know. Better than anybody. Yeah, both my real life and I just, there were so many funny things that happened, just like honest to God <laughs> mix ups that I'm like, this is so funny. Sometimes a situation would happen, like I'd be at a wrong gate and I did everything the best that I could in order to get to where I needed to go on time, mm-hmm. but I flip flopped something along the way and I would just bust out laughing because yeah. that's really all you could do and I was like you know what it's so humbling and mm-hmm. it's so just true to who we are as dyslexic people that you know sometimes I get mixed up that was a, that was a mix up yeah. but <laughs> just to see all the effort that goes in and just have a character that consistently is trying to do their best and trying to have integrity with everything they do and like just trying to <laughs> make things happen <laughs> and then just the the way that the world works and how differently we think and see yeah. things so mm-hmm. i would love to have that go somewhere so i'm working on that <laughs> all right up onward yeah. and upward godspeed oh thanks Honestly, yeah, just keep sounds, trying. Just, sounds ridiculous to even mention it in a no, podcast, not at all. but I believe it's something that the world needs to know more about. So I'm passionate about it. There's only one you. Yeah. So yeah, I I look forward to hearing more about it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me and making time and you're welcome organizing it all. I know I've said last thing about three times, but yeah, yeah, feel free. As a comedian, you want people to follow you online. Feel free to tell your social media, you know, handles where folks can, where can, where can the fans find you either online or with your comedy shows? For sure. You can find me at Haley, H-A-Y-L-I-E, comedy, C-O-M-E-D-Y, for Instagram. Or you can just look up our business. We're called Hand Up Stand Up. It's just Hand Up, H-A-N-D-U-P, dash 
standup, S-T-A-N-D-U-P dot com. And yeah, come check out one of our shows. We partner with venues and nonprofits, and we're basically the middlewoman that come and help make it a win for everyone. So it's a lot of fun. You've raised plenty of money with your selling tickets for charities around uh, Atlanta, right? Yeah, last year we were able to give a couple thousand to our nonprofits and the businesses that we partnered with stayed in business, and mm-hmm. we were able to pay all of our comic, just putting value on working comics as well. So wow. it was awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and which nonprofits are they? So we work with Atlanta Mission, which helps to aid the homeless community here in Atlanta. A21, which is abolishing human trafficking in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Lost and Found, mm-hmm. which helps aid students, kids who are part of the LGBTQ community and need housing and they have so many great outlets. And then Jim Gathering Quit Mobilize works with uh, people in hospital and providing care for their kids while they're sick or taking care of their homes, yard work, all that stuff. And yeah, so it's really cool. Wonderful. Yeah. All very noble. I appreciate you coming on, talking about everything that you've accomplished. Thank you for having me. Glad to. And I will see you when I see you. Whenever Definitely. That may... I'll see you around shows. I know it. Yeah. I really should hang out more at shows. <laughs> but... You're good. All right. You're good. Yeah. You take your time. Right. <laughs> we'll do. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad we made this happen and have a good night. Thank you. You too. I hope you have a wonderful night. You too. Just a few final notes. My favorite books that I remembered off the top of my head, The Andromeda Strain, East of Eden, and Lewis and Clark. There's a history written by Stephen Ambrose, the guy who did Band of Brothers. Two people who surprised me when I found out they were dyslexic. One organic chemistry professor who was really skilled at knowing the orientations of different elements, much more so than writing out chemical formulas with letters that can be confusing, and a computer programmer who had to mutter along with every single line of text of code. And I thought Haley did a great job retelling the steps of the Wilson language program to learn the rules of English. If you have any other comments, complaints, or questions, feel free to mail inside Asperger's at protonmail.com. You can find Simon Says Funny on Twitter or Inside Asperger's on Instagram or on Facebook. As always, thank you for listening. I know it had been a while. I will be back soon. Goodbye.